so good. Okay. We got to start though. <clears throat> I'm just afraid I'm not going to have enough space on here for like an hour long chat. All right. Then why don't you start the recording again? It doesn't matter. It's already recorded. All right, fine. All right. Ready? <laughs> Go. Okay. Hi guys. So this is now our third episode of the podcast. Our third episode with our first guest. Third episode, first guest. We're very excited. We have Justin Janoska as our first guest. And who else would we really have? I don't know, actually. This is Christy's first time meeting Justin via Zoom, but we have had many a chat. Yeah. And I've, I've grown to like Justin, even though he is in Texas. So he's nowhere near us right now. No. We've only chatted via FaceTime. But he is going to be coming to New Jersey yeah. soon to celebrate apparently. his birthday. Yeah. And apparently I'm going to be making And apparently you guys all think that he looks like a superhero. <laughs> um, so if you saw the post that we put up on the end all that bullshit, and I reposted, I think you reposted too, on Instagram. You know, he kind of resembles like Superman a little bit. It's okay. Justin's good looking and he knows it and that's fine. But we're going to talk about that <laughs> because I verbally berate him about that all the time and how he works with women. And so before we get into that and all the fun stuff, um, I think it's important. Maybe, maybe some of you know him, maybe some of you don't. But Justin is a clinician and he is the founder of the Autoimmune Revolution. He also is an author. Um, he wrote a book called The Flexible Dieting Disaster, Why Counting Macros is destroying your relationship with food and yourself. Um, he works with women and particularly specializes in Hashimoto's, lupus, MS, PCOS, endometriosis. Um, and he really just helps clients kind of acquire a deeper understanding of how they got here and helping them support their pain. Uh, I What I actually love most about Justin is that we met through Instagram many moons ago, and he was one of the first people who was talking about trauma early on in your life and how that can actually affect your health later on. And I know that's very trending right now, but Justin really was one of those people. Um, and I have also seen Justin evolve not only as a clinician, but I mean, when we first met, he definitely had a much uh, tougher, callous exterior. And I think he has softened and mellow a little bit. I always say he is the sassiest and smartest person I know besides myself and the health wellness realm so justin welcome to the show we're excited <laughs> oh i'm so intro. excited Anna. thank was you so much that? for that was that the best <laughs> intro was that the best intro you've so ever had really? i'm gonna need a recording of that yes that was lovely thank we you we will definitely give you a recording so um i think what's really do you, you want to maybe give a little bit um about in background about yourself maybe that i have left out in your bio or like how you got where you are right now just a quick yeah, yeah. I mean, it is rather confusing for a lot of people I have found in the past because why is this dude working with women? You know, why does he care so much? Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Uh, actually, you can see the full-fledged uh, explanation on the website, theautoimmunerevolution.com, but the Reader's Digest version of it is simply that my mom has Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease, and struggled for many, many years. And didn't get any help from any doctors. And, and so, just to, I, to interrupt you, but just explain to people, because my mother's had, like, they've been trying to diagnose her with things. What, what are some of, like, the negative side effects for women with something with, like, Hashimoto's or a thyroid issue? Like, uh, is there there's anything? a whole host of things. Yeah. No, but, but, like, I know hair loss is something, weight gain, right? Yeah, hair loss. Um, I'm talking about things eyebrows. for people that maybe don't understand, just so they can get a view of, like, how this yeah. is going to affect them. It's definitely really For common. People don't realize they have it. Uh, they're on the spectrum at least. So okay. yeah, hair loss, thinning hair, 
thinning eyebrows of the uh, mm -hmm. third lateral part of it, the outside. Um, constipation, weight gain, fatigue, brain fog, forgetfulness, you know. Like a few of those things are really difficult for women because yeah. it's a vain thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, a woman thing, like not having hair and stuff. So, yeah. all right, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted people to understand yeah. that part of it. My mom struggled with migraines since I was like five years old and saw neurologists for years and couldn't get any support or any help. Um, just got pain meds. Mm -hmm. And what I've later concluded was that she probably was dealing with some autoimmune disease or some autoimmune attack towards her brain, which is probably mm -hmm. related to the undiagnosed Hashimoto's that she had. Yeah. Because now she no longer has migraines or any of these symptoms. And basically what I was trying to say was that going into grad school, uh, mm -hmm. Bridgeport, where, you know, Brianna went to also, um, that's where I, I started to really dive into this autoimmune stuff because I had to figure this out. And uh, I initially went in for cancer, uh, to study alternative medicine for cancer, that is. But I shift gears, uh, shifted gears rather. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. And then I did. And I realized, wow, there's a lot of women out there who have it. And uh, the 24 million-ish. So yeah, it's, it's a prevalent issue. And so that's why I'm here doing autoimmune stuff and women's health as a whole, because it's, uh, there's no shortage of people that need help. Yeah. I think what's interesting about you, um, and I've said this to you many a times, is that I think you are a bit of an enigma to people. You know, you have this very alpha male <laughs> personality. You do. And if somebody just looked at you, and what people don't know is that Justin actually originally is a Jersey boy. So he looks like your typical Jersey kind of <laughs> meathead. He's got like a little bit of a Texas brush on him now. Yeah, I he's feel been, like. he could put on some cowboy boots. Trying to, <laughs> trying to. <hurt>. Um, <laughs> But he could pop back. But you also, I mean, you studied art undergrad, right? That was kind of your original path or is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm an artist by DNA. Yeah. Which you wouldn't know, um, I think, maybe looking at you. So, like, I think having kind of this alpha personality and kind of, you know, masculine energy, but you also, I think, actually have a kind of sensitive side to you. Obviously, if you're working with women, I think you have to mm -hmm. deal with us and our emotions and all that kind of stuff. So, like, how did you get from that place and even getting women to trust you? Like I've said this to you in the past, like I feel like I wouldn't even be comfortable maybe working with a guy. Cause I'd be like, well, you know, how do you understand what I'm going through? Like, was it something that was personal for you or was it more like, you know, a schooling topic that really, you know, took interest or again, something with your mom or was it somewhere in the middle? Like, you know, how did you get into that space? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, diving into the medicine thing was my mom's journey for sure that it evolved from that, you know, my meaning for doing this stemmed from my mom's health journey, but it evolved and it became more of my own. And it's now I, I've kind of realized, and this is this sort of insight kind of evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. It was my mom's situation. Then it largely came out of my own pain of, of, uh, with relationships with other women. And that's sort of where I, now gone into the eating disorder realm and the trauma stuff because there's a lot of repetitive patterns I see a lot. And with that comes autoimmune disease and PCOS and all these other symptoms with it, which is a uh, kind of sequela of those issues. So it's not uncommon for all to kind of be combined just, together, yeah. you know? And so uh, that's, yeah, I, I realized that the trauma stuff and the deep emotional side of things came from my own experience over the past eight, nine years since my, you know, I'm 32, but like over the past, uh, yeah, decade or so mm -hmm. of trying to figure out a way to heal my own pain and wounds, but, uh, also 
see how I can help others with it because um, I couldn't at the time. And that's something I've realized uh, long ago that, you know, my job and, and listen, and anybody, and anybody who's in a relationship, it's not your job to fix or heal anybody. Um, it's your job to grow them and support them. But because they could not help them, my way of getting what I want is giving clients what they need, which is to, to make sure they're equipped with the knowledge and skills to um, not suffer like these other women did or not, I would say, bring down other people, uh, like not to say they did anything wrong, but also not, you know, uh, affect other people who, you know, cause I felt like I was a, I was a, um, a product of that. You know, I didn't, I thought it was my fault. I thought things were, you know, because I did something wrong and it wasn't simply like that, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm kind of, it's a very vague way of explaining it, but that's, but here, uh, here's, I think, I think, a point that maybe people need to be aware of is that I think sometimes change doesn't happen until one of two things. Either you're tired of your own bullshit or there's something that happens in your life that seems catastrophic to you at the time or maybe mm -hmm. something that happened to them. So like, was there an, a breaking point for you where you finally went through something that you were just like, dude, I, I can't keep going at this pace or like, I'm going to now have a negative ripple effect in other areas of my life. And that's kind of where your own version of self-therapy came to be. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it definitely was about three-ish years ago with my last real serious relationship. And I think that was the breaking point because um, I was really at a low point in my life and probably the lowest point in my entire life, honestly. And I was, uh, I'll never forget it. It was around May and I was just like, fell in a really dark hole. I didn't know how to climb out of it um, because it was, a, it was a pattern I had seen a lot uh, or felt a lot, but this one was, this one hurt the most. And I didn't understand why until eventually I did and the insight arrived to me. But even still at that point, I didn't uh, have the tools and resources to really heal myself. And uh, so that kind of just got better over time. But then I really made it my mission. I really wanted to, to learn about like, well, how can I help others with this stuff? Because this is really ubiquitous and a lot of people are struggling with pain and trauma and things like that. They don't know they have it or they do know they have it. They just don't know how to heal it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the, the biggest uh, incentive for me to really figure this out because uh, I also saw it uh, often in my clients with disease and you can't ignore that. You know, it's not a matter of yeah. just doing like supplements and diet changes, but it's, mind body more of like yeah yeah for right. sure can't separate the, the mind's a lot more powerful i think than people realize and like suppressed emotional yeah. trauma is a huge huge thing huge thing but so, so let's talk about like the day because christy and i have been through some traumatic relationships as well and i think <laughs> if there's a day that you wake up and you finally say like okay you know what today's the day i'm gonna just like get my shit together emotionally yeah. mentally what is like what do you do on that day it's like a tuesday morning you wake up at 10 a.m finally and you like drag yourself out of bed like what are some things that people can like start to do to maybe put the pieces of their life together when they feel like, oh my God, I just, this is the low like point of my life. It's just time for me to, uh, enough with my own bullshit. Like I'm tired of hearing my own shit. That was like us, like what we said. Yeah. When we finally both broke. Like you obviously wake up and have coffee and then what is <laughs> Clearly you have seven cups of espresso or and or uh, yeah. whatever you have to do. Like what? Uh, vodka. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this too and maybe you can touch base on this. Like I think therapy doesn't, it gets a negative stigma and there are different forms of therapy. It doesn't mean you have to sit down with a therapist. Like 
So maybe talk. Well, I think like along with what you just said though, and with therapy and like with literally what you just said, I think like, how did your vulnerability change? Like you became more vulnerable at some point to allow yourself to heal. I'm assuming because in order to heal, we have to like wake up and be like, okay, I'm done with this. And you have to call yourself out on your own shit, maybe through therapy and through other things as well. But like for a guy, especially like how Brianna brought up, you know, he looks like Superman, but like for a guy that like, you know, you, you have a presence, I'm sure. How was like, what was that experience? Like, like opening up more and becoming more vulnerable? Well, to be fair, I've always been that way. I've never been one to hide things. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm always open an open book and I've been that way. So I had no problem with it. It's not like, you know, a lot of guys, I know they kind of isolate and hide and avoid things and, you know, and, uh, yeah, some people are like that, um, but I'm not. So I had no issue with it. I just needed to know what to do for myself so I didn't fall into this trap again. And at the same time, like, learn how I could help others with this stuff. So, you know, to answer your question, though, how do you, what do you, what do, you do after coffee? <laughs> or well, Like, what was your version yeah. of therapy for you? Like, I literally yeah. at some point would call everybody crying at different points of the day. People were tired well, of hearing my shit. And I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that was, we got the ball rolling. Cause you hear yeah. you get so much eventually you're like, I can't call one more person cause nobody's going to take me seriously. Anymore. I literally said to my mom at one point, I was like, I can't tell this story one more time. Like yeah. I'm so overhearing it's myself exhausting. complain. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's tough. And the, the, the bottom line is we have to, um, well, no, there's a couple of things, but the, the first thing we have to do is see what we're feeling and having clarity of what that is. So a lot of us don't know how to describe it. You know, we don't, we, we feel a certain way, but we don't know how to put an adjective to it. So that's the first thing we have to do, mm-hmm. right? We also have to trace back and think about, well, has, when is, when did this happen? Uh, when did this happen another time in my life? Yeah. When was the first time it happened, right? And this is a matter, a matter of narrative medicine and looking at your history, your biography and seeing how you got here. How did I come to be this way? Because this applies to disease and any sort of depression or eating disorder you have. And it, it's just a question we want to ask because a lot of the insight um, comes from our history. We just have to look hard enough. And you only do that through, well, not only, but, you know, with healing on your own and, and with what I teach, it's, it's awareness it's mindfulness and getting into that place so that you can explore that because without that you you can't you won't ever find that mm-hmm. right and, and thing that i i've i've said to a lot of my clients is that when you know when, when you're still when the mind is still and tranquil not searching for an answer or solution neither avoiding or resist resisting is only when there could be regeneration of the mind because the mind is capable of perceiving the truth Oh, I like that. It's the truth that liberates, not the effort to be free. So you have to see the truth of what it is, tell yourself the truth and believe it. And a lot of us don't know what the truth is, especially if you're somebody, for example, who's been through sexual abuse and you've not had your story validated or it's been acknowledged and people tell you to feel a certain way. Then you start to question your own emotions and it's hard for you to see the truth. It's a little blurry. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of different detours with how this works, but ultimately it's about mindfulness, awareness, and seeing the truth of what's here. I like sense. that. I like there was there was a lot in there. Yeah, there's I, a lot of sound clips we want to use on that. My, that was good. I like that. But do you ever see? Because I think this is something that I know I've struggled with, and and Christy, I think too. Um, if you're kind of somebody who maybe is very successful in other areas of your life, and 
you know, you could feel like you can control mm-hmm. other things. When something like a relationship maybe falls apart, like there's a sense of your identity that you almost feel like is out of control. And like, how does that maybe negatively permeate into other areas of your life or like, you know, maybe throwing yourself into other things that aren't as healthy that maybe you've seen with especially women who have like body image issues mm-hmm. going on or kind of distracting themselves with things that aren't serving them. Like, you know, at what point do you say like, okay, this is me just taking a lateral move in my healing process. And at what point do I start doing more things like just being with myself, especially now with everything that's going on with like all things Corona, like a lot of people yeah. just be with themselves and be like, you know, I, I have some toxic shit I have to work on too. You know, well, that's it's, hard it's also people. like, it's not even like, like people that can't be with themselves right now had a chance to even think about it. It's like everyone hit a brick wall. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot of people at home trying to validate their relationships, trying to validate the things that they do to themselves. And it's, this is probably a very, you know, heavy time for therapists. <laughs> trying time. <for laughs> trying people. time for people for sure. Yeah, there's an opportunity for us to explore that. You just have to choose yeah. to do it. And a lot like what you said before about, you know, the mind being quiet. I mean, what better time than now for the mind mm-hmm. to be quiet and be able to like see those new, you know, opportunities or what did you say? Having yeah. being like open and free to, you know, mm-hmm. new understandings <laughs> and new things. Yeah. Well, and the thing uh, about like the patterns and in the, in the behaviors that we have, um, because when we get out of a nasty relationship, right? We still, we, we still have beneath that probably the, the pain or, or something that drove us into a situation, not, not our, from course, our, our, our relationship that, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that disintegrated for a reason. And it was very, co- some codependency going on right there. Some, you know, yeah. seeking for acknowledgement or attention. And I've, I've been there. I, I've, I've seen it also myself, but if you see like other self-defeating behavior, self-sabotage sort of actions, uh, like people pleasing, being a workaholic, obsessing about perfection, going on a diet, um, <laughs> refusing to ask for health, you know, fear avoidance, uh, social withdrawal, panic, you know, those sort of things. I feel pretty you know, these are all these are all patterns <laughs> that come from somewhere, right? <laughs> so, I feel personally attacked, but that's fine. It's and I cool. said she should. Brianna has all those things, huh? Um, Brianna has all of that. It's like in a nice glittery fucking blue bag. I make it look she's really good, though. Yeah, so she it's carries fine. it like a little satchel. Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when you... <laughs> point is, no, that's point. really true. And again, I think that does take a lot of um, humility to say like, you know what? These are my issues as well. And I can't keep projecting this onto people. I'm like... At some point, I, you know, I always joke about having like commitment anxiety and stuff like that, but I think it does stem. And so instead of me, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, instead of me having to open up and let walls down, I'm like, I'll just do 70,000 other things. Yeah. So I never have to let people in. Mm-hmm. And then I, then, you know, you end up just kind of reliving your old habits and your old patterns. And that can be, you know, really problematic I think in, in the long run, you know, but it's hard for people yeah. to delve into those issues. That's like a lot of people will avoid it just to avoid going, revisiting those traumas or issues that they had mm-hmm. that could be all the way from childhood or maybe your last relationship. But, yep. you know, nine times out of 10, like you said, there is a reason, which is why I think therapy is so great. Because if you have a great therapist, they can backtrack you into this and you can be like, holy crap, this is where this came but from. But Justin has some other views on therapy. Do you have yeah. 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 We had a good conversation about this I think last you really, night. you have to get a good therapist though, because if I didn't have the therapist I had, I probably would have not made it through therapy. Like it yeah, took I mean, months to get to therapy because I was so mm-hmm. not into it. 
Yeah, they're definitely helpful. And many of my clients have seen therapists too. And, you know, we go there good to them for what tapping EFT, hypnotherapy, Mm -hmm. EMDR, QNRT, Reiki, whatever. Yeah. It can be helpful. But the, the thing I'll say, and I I had many clients that don't get much out of it, especially some of my eating disorder clients. Um, and that's not true for everybody, obviously, but the thing that it's the intention behind those things, which is like, okay, I got to go see a therapist to uh, like fix me and get this trauma out of me, this pain. Yeah. When there's nothing wrong with you, never, there never was anything wrong with you in the first place. Yeah. Right. And so conventional psychotherapy, what I've learned is that it, it rarely teaches people how to directly relate to their experience of pain and hold it with mindfulness and awareness, which is a self-healing energy that we all have inside of us. We just don't have to access it. Yeah. And I know this because I did this to myself. I did it with clients and if they can do it, we all can. Um, it's, it's, in fact, some of our best leaders of our time, Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, you know, Gandhi, they all suffered greatly. But how do you think they healed? Mindfulness, love, and compassion. Yeah. So it's something that we all are, are capable of doing. This isn't a secret. It's just we have to try to bring this to the party. But we're trying to find a quick fix sort of thing. Like we're kind of been indoctrinated to do in the society with everything in life with our health. Um, so if anything, I'm not trying to discount therapists. It's just a matter of like it, doing what they're doing. Fine. Yeah. You got to integrate your own self-healing energy and be a participant in this healing journey because that's, I love it's that. It's ultimately you that gets you out of this. Yeah. Not yeah I mean, I think with like what you said, like one, there are things that play into, you know, if therapy is going to work or not, obviously. And I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I'm just saying like, uh-huh. you know, the therapist might suck or maybe you're not being vulnerable enough or being honest with your or being therapist. honest with your therapist or yourself. And two, it's fucking work. It's work to unfuck yourself when you have a mindset about something that you haven't even realized has just yeah. been, you know, on top of you for maybe 10, 15 years. Maybe you were four years old and now you're 30. I mean, that's years of this constant trauma in your head that you haven't even processed. So Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with that too, but like you summed it up very good though. I, li- I like the way you brought that together. What do you think are some of the main themes though? I mean, you work with women and so women get a bad rap all the time because yeah. guys, I think We're guys, emotional. no, guys are lazy and they'll use terms like that saying she's crazy. And it's like, no, I've just seen this pattern before and I'm calling you out <laughs> bullshit and you can't handle it. So that's yeah, on you for sure. So like, what do you think are maybe some themes though that maybe you have now learned about women a little bit more that like maybe you have more empathy for compassion that you've like seen with women over the years where you're like, you know what? Like, cause I remember, and I think that's a, that's a sign of, you know, being in a manipulative, emotionally abusive relationship sometimes where it's like, I'm not crazy. It's just like, I called you out on your bullshit. And like, that's that. And I think mm-hmm. women that stays with you for a really long time. And that can definitely create a very shitty narrative in your head. So like, what do you think maybe has some things that maybe you've learned or maybe things that you've seen maybe over things that years? like you've been opened up to a little bit more from working with women on such a personal level. Like and are, seeing how crazy our asses. Have you had any eye opening experiences? Like, have you ever have you ever had like aha moments? Like, oh my gosh! Like, wow. Or things well, you're not about us bitches now. <laughs> I mean, collectively, I would just say that we all we all have trauma. I mean, for one thing, yeah, we all do. We just don't realize it. It's just we think of it as okay. Well, in order for me to have trauma, I have to be sexually abused or physically abused or emotionally neglected or when it's mm-hmm. go through a natural disaster and like. No, it's, it's relative. In fact, most, most of the traumas out there I found, and to speak to your question, is um, emotional neglect, right? It's sort of like detachment, detachment um, issues from early childhood. So you, you had um, 
you know, attachment or lack thereof with your caregiver or parent. Um, and that outweighs any sort of the big T trauma, capital T traumas that we- AKA daddy like. issues. Yeah. But Christy and I joke about this a lot Cheers because, that. but like that, no, we actually joke about this a lot because Christy <laughs> tipped to have, would have had your typical quote daddy issues. And I actually did not have any quote daddy but issues. I sh- but, but honestly, looking back though, I don't understand what, like I have such a good relationship with my father now. We're the same person. But you didn't back in the day. Is my yeah. Point. When I was younger, it was, it was a little, it was, we had like a weird relationship and I, we both dated really fucked up people. We both did. So, so we don't know where that We try from. to figure out like what she, what she was saying before I cut her off because I'm like the queen of that. But she was saying like she doesn't understand. She, ha- she still kind of has the same daddy issues, quote unquote, that I have. But she had a completely different situation. Had no, like I but had a great male But we both ended figure. up dating fucked literally up the same kind of person. And for those of you who don't know, Brianna and I do the same thing. All right, let's talk At the same this. time, but we do. Christy loves Tate Tangent, so we're not going to get into that. Fuck but you, that's Brianna. Not- I'm trying to get people some background because the fact that we came to a precipice of dating the same exact fucking ass It doesn't matter. Regardless. At the same time was pretty, like, ridiculous. So, <laughs> all right. So now that we've gotten completely off topic, anywho. So what would you You're say? You're such a fucking bitch. You know that? And I'm leaving that in this recording. Fine. <laughs> you asshole. Okay, so what would you say is something that has surprised you about us crazy bitches that maybe you have more empathy for now or that like you've realized, do you, and also do you think men struggle with this and like it's just not talked about as much? Because I think guys are crazier than women, to be honest, for sure. Uh, and all are crazy. Well, yeah, and it's hard if we don't have awareness. <laughs> so we can't, we, can't, we can't make a conclusion if we don't have awareness, right? Um, and so, yeah, I can't speak for guys. I don't know. I, I would, I would assume that yes, there are many that have been through what I have, but it's also, you know, we're all kind of in the same, we're all kind of struggling at the same time in a way and we don't realize it. So I think the thing that's been the shock or I guess revelation, I suppose, with my experience with doing this is, uh, you know, there's a lot of abandonment problems and, and emotional neglect. And it's, it's mostly that I, again, like I'm saying, I see versus the abuse and, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff like me too, sort of thing. You know, it's not, I, that happens, but it's a lot of this. Not as common as like the it's, emotional it's, part. Again, it doesn't have to be, it could be simple. I have a client who um, has major uh, anger and resentment issues. Uh, she's got motives and it all stemmed from, and she, she didn't realize she had it. It was only going through this process that I taught her that she had this sort of epiphany, but it stemmed from her best friend in high school who betrayed her and she did or hooked up with her boyfriend at the time. And she lives with that anger because it's showing up in her daily life. And she oh my God, realized that. So like that sort of thing, it doesn't seem like much, right? But the body doesn't figure out what the mind does. And so you harbor that and it just definitely is going to um, disseminate and create all sorts of problems. And over the years though, that is, it's not, it's unprocessed, unreconciled. Uh, unresolved, it creates a lot of issues and these emotional blocks, right? And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I'm trying to hammer home is that it's it's not the trauma that is the problem or the experience. It's it's the sort of um, way of how you interpret it, your the lived experience rather, and the story that you may or may not have about it. So we could all, we, you and I could go both go through abuse, but maybe I react fine and I move on, and you don't. That's still how it is. Yeah, that's actually a really great point. I think it is. We're very bad um, narrators of our own life. I think a lot of the time, some people will over exaggerate in a positive way and mm-hmm. make something seem like it was really good. And I think some people will 
make shit seem worse than it was. And I, I think that's a huge part of the whole mindset thing of like, how are you going to replay that story? And at what point do you stop being a victim of your own circumstances and take responsibility for your bullshit? Mm-hmm. So what would you say then to, you said like about three years ago, was kind of your one earth shaking moment of you were like, okay, I got to get my shit together. I got to wake up. If you could go back and give Justin three years ago, one piece of advice or something that you wish you would have just heard earlier or something that would have nudged you into the process, like what, would you say, or to people who are listening now who are maybe kind of on that edge where like they're in, they have a lot of time alone with themselves right now. And maybe they're in a situation where they're like, you know what, this is maybe not where I want to be when I finally can live in the world again and be in the wild. Like what, what should I be doing or what should I be saying to myself or what questions should I be asking myself? Well, one of the things that really turned after that was really getting clear on my, where I want to be, what what sort of impact I want to have in this world. Uh, So call, call purpose, but also call it, um, personal values and boundaries, Ooh. probably more of the boundary thing too, because if I had gotten clarity on like really what I will stand for and not, and not tolerate, mm-hmm. then I probably wouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have clarity on that. And I was kind of, it was kind of vague for a long time. I think I was kind of, I was a pushover. I, I would, I would have ideas of what I would tolerate and not tolerate. But then when, it, when it was, uh, you know, game time, I kind of just fell back to, to default settings. And so that's really what I would say to myself is, you know, figure out your shit early on and, and make sure you know who you are and who you want to be and how you have to be to, how you have to think and act to be that person. I think that's a, that's a really great point. And I, how much would you say, cause I think for me, I've learned over the years, like boundaries for me personally have come from when I had really poor boundaries with people, it was because I was coming from a place of desperation and I had no self-worth, I think almost. So I just let people walk all over me. And, and that's where, that's the issue. You can, you can create all the boundaries you want, but if you haven't resolved the previous problem of where exactly. that came from in the first place, then you're not going to have that boundary in, in cemented concrete. <laughs> I think that's something that you and I still struggle with a little bit. We do. I think I've, I've gotten better with it leaps and bounds for, sure. for sure, because I used to allow mm-hmm. <laughs> literally my mother called me a missionary dater. That was my nickname. The so missionary that's a real dater. thing. Yeah, she was. So because I like just saw people want to fix them and that, you know, it's just the social worker in me, but I, I don't know. There was some kind of uh, joy, probably just a deep issue that I never solved, which I feel like I've resolved now. So but um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't hold yourself accountable for that, no one's going to. So yeah, it, you right. really got to notice it and recognize it and then yeah, beat it down. It. So what would you say is something that, you know, I know you are like just so close to perfection, Justin, obviously. <laughs> oh so what would you say is like one that emoji, <laughs> obviously <laughs> sassy girl emoji, dancing yeah. flamingo emoji. What is one thing would you say in your relationship with yourself, maybe relationships romantically, professionally that you feel you could still maybe improve on or that you're currently working on of like refining and retuning a little bit to be like, okay, you know what? I still would like to be better at this. And like, what are you doing to work on that? Well, I think that it's all about context and situation that comes up. So I mean, for me, guilt was a big thing that I dealt with for a long time. <laughs> disillusionment. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much had this figured out a long time ago. Disillusionment, despondency, and disheartened. Uh, mm-hmm. We're you are the guilt king and queens of and this the, world. And, and, and guilt. That's right? how we are. And I, guilt. Do, I still and, do shit off guilt. It's, it's yeah. horrible. Like, I yeah. still catch myself. 
Um, and I know where it comes from. Um, it's not from my relationships, but upbringing, I guess. And I, and I, and I, uh, let that bleed into the relationships that I was in so that, well, rather I would say if I felt guilty in a situation like that, then it was more intense. Right. And then I took the blame for like, okay, it's my fault. Like what I do wrong. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that clear. It wasn't that black and white. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, guilt is uh, letting go of guilt has definitely changed a lot for me over the, even over the past year. I still have a little bit here and there. Even something like this is kind of kind of sounds silly, but even like waking up later than I than I normally would because I had had this belief that I need to like wake up at five a.m. or six a.m. like Brianna does and be in the car. Yeah, I don't. I so, never. I never I, had that belief. Just everyone knows i kind of did for a short amount of time but i felt i felt guilty in in my inside that if i get up past like seven i'm like you know a a bad person and i'm I'm like yeah and it's not minor i didn't i didn't like didn't eat me alive but i've let that go and i just get up when i do when i get all of my things done but you know i mean it's like stuff like that and um yourself at a level of accountability that Yeah. was ingrained in us maybe in like a younger age because I right. deal with that majorly. And I do And not. it's like stupid shit like that. Like totally. Uh, not waking up at a certain time or not no. doing something that maybe I said in a brief phone call with my mom, I'd say I do. I have like guilt over it. And it's really not healthy. No. <laughs> but it, the best thing to do is to like call yourself out on it and be like, okay, well, let's address mm-hmm. this. But yeah. I think that requires a level of emotional responsibility of understanding For that sure. you're not responsible because somebody else places their expectations of their emotions yes. on you and understanding like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I don't owe you an explanation. And I think that's probably why I don't suffer from guilt because my mm-hmm. mom always said growing up, she was like, guilt is a waste well, of emotion. Your, and your mom is like, she's like my mom. Like they're like, not. No, but your mom does guilt trips. Little, my mom she does, does guilt trips, but I'm saying like they both, as far as they're concerned, but that's one what I mean. My mom, my whole life has always said guilt. no guilt trips, and she always says you can say no and give no explanation. You don't owe anybody an explanation. So I think that that's emotional responsibility is a tough one for people over the years. Mm-hmm. Well. It is. Yeah. It takes a lot of. Um, you really just gotta lay, lay down and be like, let me do this. I right. gotta do it. Like it's I a very am. vulnerable thing for sure. Yeah, and letting go would be another thing that comes for in. Sure. It's, it's here and there, but you know, even with recent. Uh, times there's a situation where I had a tough time letting it go. And, you know, I know intuitively, and this is, again, because I teach this, again, we all struggle with this at point, bits and points, but the difference is that through experiences and more practice, you get better at it. And it's not a matter of if stuff happens, it's a matter of just when, yeah. but your ability to overcome it and move through it, I guess I would say is the, sh- the duration is shorter. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Even my mentors and who have been, you know, doing this stuff for years, like they still struggle too, but it's just, you know, instead of, instead of like, you know, five months of dealing with it and struggling, it's like maybe five hours or yeah. five days. Which is a lot knows. better. Yeah. Than and, walking you know, around me, with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, letting go is a tough one. And I've, you know, and I know that letting go is the, is the one thing we all need to do better of with things that we can't control and we have to accept it because it just creates more suffering for us. And yeah. That's what it is, right? There's pain. Pain is um, inevitable. Suffering is optional. And that's all about our story and what we choose to do. Yeah. 
since you are so wise, Justin, <laughs> obviously, and you have a modern day Buddha, why don't you, I think it's always very important to understand. I think people do, I'm a big proponent of being humble. And I, I think that is, you know, we grew up in very yes. ball busting family, so you couldn't have an ego even if you wanted to. But no. I think it's also important to take time to recognize things that you've worked on and are really great about yourself. So like, what would you say is one thing that you maybe don't love about yourself that you wish you could work on more? And one thing that you like absolutely love about, like, I'm really not a patient person and I don't love that, but like, I think I'm a really positive person. Yeah. What would you say is like your all-star resume version, like adjective of yourself that you're just like so proud of? Cause I think people probably have a different perception of you. Maybe that you oh, of course. yourself. Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I call it the funeral mentality where people wait too long in life where they get up and at like when somebody dies and they say, you know, here lies so-and-so and they were so great at this and that. And like, yeah, you never describe yourself. Yeah. 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 So like, what, are, what would you say? Or maybe something Ooh, that you would hard. hope people would say about you versus maybe what you say about yourself kind of thing. I don't even know what I would say. <laughs> we're digging real deep because Justin's touching his face. So he's obviously having a hard time opening up emotionally <laughs> to these questions. I shouldn't be touching my face. You shouldn't I know. be. It's corona. I know. But I mean, if you washed your hands before you touched your face, I think you're fine. <laughs> no, he's probably got chicken grease on his fingers from last night still. Here lies Justin. He didn't touch his face. Here lies Justin. This is from his latter years of Insta life. thirst trap that I have met over the years. <laughs> but what else, what else did we want to know about Justin? Um... I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, some very stubborn, which I would say is one of my downfalls with things. It depends. It's all context. It's all about context. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. I'm very spontaneous. That is the one thing that I thrive off of spontaneity. Yeah. Um, probably because, uh, you know, I, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from James Dean, you know, dream as if you live forever, live as if you'll live as if you'll die today. And like, yeah. you know, it speaks. Well, that's the artist in you. You know, and yes, that's, that's what it is. You both artists, bohemian. Because I'm definitely like, I have an artistic mindset. And that's part of the, like, Brianna and I were talking about this before. I don't know if we record that or not, but about me being late. And I said, no, I said, yeah, but like, without your negative things or things that you still have to work on, like, I want to be who I am. Yeah. So that's part of who I am. Yeah. I'm, that's I'm the artist to me. I'm like, I'm a free spirit, you know, like, take me as I am or don't take me at all. I don't really give a shit. That's true. But I like that. I think, yeah, I, I, I personally believe like my, one of my best qualities and, and what I recommend for people to try to adopt is just kind of living as if, uh, you know, today's your last day, you know, yeah. dream as if you live, um, dream as if you live forever, live as if you'll die today, you know, like really just go after it. It's a very stoic philosophy, but that's, again, how, how do you think we are able to be free from suffering and pain and not be attached to the future and anxiety or regret the past and those sort of things, which is where a lot of us struggle. Moment. Yeah. And that's and, uh, freedom. It's only in the present moment. So we just have to make Ooh. the decision to, to choose to do that. Right. Like that yes. a lot. For sure. Okay. Here's yeah. my, here's one of my last questions. And then Christy can ask you some of yours. <laughs> what? <laughs> How many more questions do you I don't know. We might not have guy. any last, but okay. So listen. Uh, my shoe size is uh, 11 and a half. <laughs> so we need to know. The social security <laughs> number is. Yeah, it's fine. Your routing number, whatever you'll give us. It's okay. <laughs> Anywho. Um, okay. So again, I think because I think my big thing with you, especially like even when you and I first met and as our friendship and, you know, has evolved over the years, like, I think again, you have this very like 
male, per, like alpha personality. And I think you actually have a lot of other attributes that are really great about you. So like if somebody was to set you up on a blind date, right? If they'd be like, this is my friend, Justin, <laughs> he's X, Y, Z. How would you describe yourself or hope somebody would describe you going on a blind date? Because I think this is like- How a, do you come up with these questions? Because these are questions I would want oh again. All right. So I just want to know. Someone was like, "This is here is Justin. Is you should go on a, on a date with him. He is, what would you hope somebody would describe you as versus how you probably see yourself? I think we're really hard on ourselves as people. Yeah. And that's not always great. I think you're probably better at it than Christy and I are. But how would you hope? that people would, somebody would describe you if they were like setting you up to like, you know, be on a date. <laughs> yeah, I got three C's, compassionate, childish, and creative. Oh, Justin. That's a banger alert right there. That is a banger alert. Compassionate, creative, and childish? Yeah. Wow. It's a little bit of a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Here's another question I have. Um, so again, because you deal especially with a lot of women who have things like eating disorder and body image issues, what would you, and I think a lot of women place their self-worth in body image stuff and like the weight mm -hmm. on the scale and all that. What would you say are three non-physical attributes that you find attractive in a woman that maybe women can focus on besides obsessing over their body? Yeah, good one. Um, Justin's speechless, by the way. It's a really hard feat, and I do it from time to time. So yeah, yeah. You do that a lot, though, because you ask some serious questions. I once had I a guy, really I know. once had one of my guy friends tell me after we hung out, he was like, I had to go to therapy after we hung out. <laughs> Your questions wow, were really intense. You're leaving a real mark on that. So is that, that my special skill? Probably. Ooh, yeah. 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 Um, I, geez. I mean, generosity has to be one. Ooh. Um, being, uh, self-driven, having a purpose. I don't know what the right word is for that, you know, Okay. Yeah. not being like reliant and codependent and like, oh, I need you to like, you know, like having your own person. You don't need to. Yeah. Be being able to be self-sufficient. Right. Okay. Self-sufficiency. Yeah. Right. Uh, generosity. Um, uh, and, and I guess, uh, open-minded or. Something like that, yeah. Able to dance. Well, a good listener. You're good spontaneous, listening. so yeah. having someone that's open-minded. Yeah, and, and spontaneity, but even even yeah, but mostly like the listening and being uh, available, like emotionally available. Well, yeah, I assume that, but but not always, I guess. Um, Sounds nice on paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people get relationships and they're not emotionally available. Like they're fucked it's up still. Okay. So, yeah. And then my last personal question for you, and then we'll tell people how they can find you and follow you and stalk you on Instagram and slide in the DM and all that good stuff. Okay. So I know that you, um, you have like a mentor in the field. Some people don't have a mentor. Some people are maybe very close with like their parents or just, I think, I think people should find somebody they respect in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And ask a lot of questions. So what is maybe the best piece of advice that you've heard from your mentor or learned from one of your mentors or someone you respect? either directly or indirectly that you would wish to bestow upon others in this time of, I think people wanting to maybe just like self search a little bit more, like something that, you know, I think lessons sometimes aren't always like you don't sit people down. And I asked my parents this is like a lot. I'm like, how did my brother and I become X, Y, Z way? We didn't, we didn't sit down. And it's like, you learn through watching people sometimes or a lesson or whatever. So 
was there some, maybe something that you've like learned along the way from a mentor that you're like, yeah, that was like a really great direct or indirect lesson. There's a lot of that stuff. Um, except for you can't change, change what you can have the wisdom to know the difference. Um, serenity. These are not quotes I've made up or he, he said, but it's from like other, I guess, serenity uh, now people in psychotherapy. Yeah. Um, you know, like serenity is not freedom from the storm, but peace amidst the storm, which is a way of saying that you need to Ooh. dive into the shadows of your life. If you want to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, love you know, that. And, and I love right. that. No, I've never heard that. And, um, yeah, nothing changes in your life except for how you look at it. Oh, it's all a perception thing, right? Wow. Justin, those are full fat bangers. I know you're confused they about really my are. definition of full <laughs> fat bangers. <laughs> full fat banger, Justin banger. I'm glad, I'm glad he didn't ask me what, what the definition of what that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that, was, that was deep enough. So I mean, no, I, that was good. That was good. I think I have fulfilled all my questions. I don't know if Christy has any other I mean, questions. I'm pretty sure you've talked his ear off at this point. So I, and I, I mean, I've been drinking espresso martini. I don't know so. if anyone understands Brianna, but this is definitely... <laughs> This whole episode was Brianna's personality brought to life. Okay, so why don't you, Justin, <laughs> tell the um, listeners where they can find you yes. and website stuff, Instagram, all that good stuff. Check out his Superman your, body. Yeah, your book maybe <laughs> where people can read during this time of um, not doing a lot. They should be reading books. Maybe people that want to work on themselves a little bit more, they can reach out to you. Yeah, my address is 2115. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so simply uh, Instagram is Justin Janoska, J-A-N-O-S-K-A, and the website, theautoimmunerevolution.com, which is uh, the library for all the things of content and women's health things, and that's pretty much it. You know, you can find everything you need on there, in other words. Yeah. And where can, people, where can people get your book? Yeah, and your TikToks to come. <laughs> uh, yeah, very new with it, but uh, yeah, Amazon has it just... You can search for the flexible dieting disaster or my name. I think you'll find it, but that's it. Well, I I think this was, I mean, I'm super grateful for your time. (laughs) It's been really fun. We're obviously going to call you after this. I'll be just, you got another, at least an hour. You you can Venmo me one forty nine. Yeah, no, yeah, well, yeah, you'll definitely see that. You can actually Venmo us. That will be a pending problem. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, ladies. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you and having some drinks. While we chatted, cheers to a great little uh, episode there. And I'm so glad we got to, like, finally record this. Yeah. So and happy. We'll see you in April in real time. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Cheers. Bye. Ciao.